All right, I need two volunteers. Someone kind of close to the front here. Yeah, you right there, and you right there. Come on up here. Uh, while they come up here, what questions do you have for me? I want to continue to get to know you guys. Here you go. Hold this for me just like that. You come on over here. What questions do you have for me? Yeah. Why didn't I? I got all kinds of sleep. I was talking about you guys. Yeah. I had like the best sleep of my life last night. It was amazing. So give a hand to your volunteers that are with you because they're the real stars of this weekend. They're doing this for free and they're incredible and they love you. That's a great question, but I got eight hours last night and it was glorious. Yes. Good question. What else you got? Yep. What's my salvation testimony? So I came to know the Lord, I think around the age of eight. I believe that's when I really understood the gospel and trusted and put my faith in Christ at that time. I think I really came alive when I was 24. That's when really God, his word became alive to me. I began to read it even after Bible college where I had just kind of done the right things. My relationship with God really came alive when I was 24. So maybe that was my conversion, maybe not. But I do know that uh, I'm trusting in the completed work of Christ and his death and resurrection right now for my salvation for sure. Love the question. Thank you. Yeah. What's my favorite card game? Oh, man. I don't really play a lot of games. All right. Don't. That's okay. Some of you. Okay. But let's see. Uh, I don't have one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Coca-Cola or Pepsi? I'm actually going to ask that question here in just a second, so you'll find out. My favorite Bible verse. Oh, man. It seems like whatever I'm reading at that time is my favorite Bible verse. Um, I would say 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Love that verse. Yeah, you two right there. Do I like Harry Potter? Well, it's from the devil, so I don't know if I can say I do. Uh, I do like Harry Potter, yes. Yep, yeah, right next to you. Do I love roller coasters? Yes, absolutely, yes. So my kids are really excited because we got a past Adventureland this summer. But I'm from like the roller coaster capital of the world from the state of Ohio. So yeah, I'm a huge roller coaster enthusiast, yeah. How did I know it's called the ministry? Man, that's a great question. Uh, I had an inward drive in my heart to serve Christ in the local church. And I started volunteering in the church. And as I was doing that, it was affirmed by the pastors of that church that said, yeah, we see the call and the gifts of ministry in your life. You should pursue this. So it was an inward desire from the Lord and a confirmation from my local church pastors. All right, I want to get to know you guys some more, so here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you two options. You're just going to lean in the direction that you prefer, okay? These guys are going to hold them up for you. So if you prefer the evening, lean that way. If you prefer the morning, lean that way, all right? Everybody participate. Nobody gets left out. Everybody participates. Get to get comfy. Okay, drop that down. Go to the next one. ISU, this side, and go ahead and drop the next one there. Just drop it on the floor. In Iowa, ISU over here, Iowa over here. Neither, you can stay in the middle, all right? All right, drop the next one down. Tacos, pizza, which one? All right, next one, drop it down. Country or city, which one? Lean the direction you prefer, country or city? Excellent, okay. Drop it down. 
Apple or Android? Apple or Android? Okay, next one. Soccer or basketball? Soccer or basketball? All right, next one. Instagram or Snap? Which one do you prefer? Okay, next one. Breakfast or dinner? Which one is it? Breakfast or dinner? Okay. Next one. There you go. Here's your answer. Coke or Pepsi? All right, next one. Movie or book? Movie or book? Energy drink or coffee? Energy drink or coffee? Next. Boncheros or Chipotle? Okay, next one. Shoes or sandals? Which one do you prefer? Shoes or sandals? Okay, next one. Bacon or... Oh, okay. There you go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thanks, guys. You can have a seat. You can just leave them. That's fine. There's hot dogs up here and everything else. It's okay. All right, turn with me to the book of Philippians. Philippians. We're going to go back a little ways to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to be in verses 12 and 13 this morning. You see that in your books there? 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 2, it's towards the back, same place we were last night, just one chapter ahead. Still hear those Bibles turning, that's a good thing, that's awesome, love to hear that sound. If you dialed it in, that's cool too. Just know it's not the same, and it's not as real, all right? Verse 12 of Philippians chapter 2, this is what the word of the Lord says. Therefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, so not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. Everybody say, work out. Work out out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Let's pray. God, we ask your blessing on your word this morning. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Take your truth into our ears and into our hearts and out of our lives, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So if your relationship with Christ is the most important thing in your life, then the question is, how do I grow in my relationship with him? What does that look like on a daily basis? Paul gives us a little bit of insight into how that looks in the life of a believer, And there's two words that we need to understand as we get going into this text. The first one is justification. Say justification. 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 Is there still a cabin called justification over here? Yeah, okay, maybe, yeah. Uh, Justification. Here's justification. This is the definition. God declares me right or righteous. God declares me right with him through Jesus. God declares me right with him through Jesus. Jesus. Let me illustrate that for just a moment. So just the other day, I was driving uh, with a couple of staff members to lunch. And we were going out, uh, driving about 10 minutes out to lunch for where we were going. 
And as I was driving, I got to talking, and I didn't notice what the speed limit was in the neighborhood that we were going through. And when you don't realize that, what happens? Whoop, whoop, right? So we're driving one way. Police officer's coming this way. He sees me, and I'm like, I'm okay. I'm going the opposite direction. I look down, check my speed, and then he whips around, whoop, comes over, pulls me over. Now I broke the law. I deserved a ticket, and that's what I got. $144 worth of breaking the law. And the guys that were with me in the car just thought this was hilarious. They're just, they waited like 30 seconds and they're just dying laughing. And word got out about this and people started hearing about this ticket that I got for the most expensive lunch I'd ever been on. And so we got back to the office. They're telling everybody. They're posting it everywhere. They're texting their friends. This is hilarious what just happened, right? And so a couple of days go by and I walk into my office at church and on my desk is cash for $144, the exact amount of my ticket. Someone had heard about it, heard the amount of it, and left that on my desk anonymously. So what do you think I did with that $144? I paid my ticket, right? So here's the deal. I was guilty. Someone else paid the price of my guilt. I gave the payment to the judge, and the judge was satisfied. So justification is, you are guilty. Jesus, you stand before a holy God who demands perfection. Jesus comes in, takes your guilt, gives you the righteousness of God, and then the judge is satisfied with his payment through his death and resurrection. Now, if that's true of you, that's true of your life right now when you came to know Christ, it's not something that you can grow in. Justification is 100% acceptance from God because of Jesus. There's not a day that you wake up based on your performance and think, I'm less justified today because of what I did today, or I'm more justified because I got up and I read my Bible and I'm firing all cylinders in my relationship with God. Justification is 100% all the time by the grace of God, and that's a good thing. Now, the other words that we need to understand this morning is sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. So if justification is, is a God declares me right with him through Jesus, sanctification is God gives me the energy to be like Jesus. God gives me the energy to be like Jesus. So you can't grow in justification. That's a fixed one-time act in your life. But sanctification is different. That is actually changes all the time. You can become more and more sanctified or more and more like Jesus on a daily basis. And so that's what Paul is talking about here in this text. He's not talking about justification. He's talking about sanctification, growth in Christ. That's why he says, just as you've always obeyed in my absence, in my presence, now so much more in my absence, keep on obeying and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now that's important. It can be a little confusing phrase, can't it? Work out your salvation. I thought salvation isn't by works. Well, notice what Paul didn't say. He didn't say work for your salvation. He said work out your salvation, a salvation that you already possess by faith. 
But your salvation, listen, you come to it, you're justified. And then Philippians 1, 6 that we'll read tonight, it says, he began a good work in us, that is God began in, in us when we were saved, and he will bring that work to completion one day in the end. And in between, we're already, but we're not yet. We're already perfect in the sight of God, but yet we're still progressing in our daily lives till one day when Christ makes us perfect at the end of our salvation. Does that make sense? You're not ahead along if you agree with that? You understand? Okay, so what Paul is saying here is work out your salvation. That means keep growing in Christ, keep on obeying. Look again at verse 13. For it is God who works in you. So justification is all of God, and we respond to his free gift to salvation by faith. Then he says, though, in sanctification, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So here's what sanctification is. It's still a work of God, but it is God working with us, giving us the energy and the desire to want to know him more and to follow him in our daily lives. He says here, he gives us the will That is, new desires that you did not have before you came to know Christ. You now have these new desires because your heart has changed and you now want to follow Christ if you truly know him through faith. It's kind of like when I was a youth pastor. This isn't you guys here, middle schoolers. If you're here, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the ones that I used to pastor. But I used to go on retreats like this with them or summer camp and uh, like they never wanted to shower. And I always be like, dudes, come on, it's time that you guys showered. It's Thursday. And they're like, no, man, I, we took a shower this morning and body spray. I'm good to go, right? It's like, no, that doesn't count. But what's amazing was as these middle schoolers, not you, I know that you middle schoolers have great hygiene and you're very clean. These are the ones that I worked with, okay? But they started meeting as they got older and they started to notice the girls a lot more, right? And you know what happened at that point? I didn't have to tell them to shower anymore, They just started doing it. Why? Because fundamentally their affection, their object went from just being, enjoying the stuff that camp involved to relationships and all of a sudden that changed how they acted. So this is, uh, that is what God gives us the will, but he also gives us the energy to follow him. So he gives us a will and he gives us the desire and the energy enables us through the Holy Spirit of God to live a life that pleases God. This energy is like, uh, I remember the first time that I was driving through the night with my kids and my wife who were going to go visit family in Ohio. And it was like two in the morning. I was thinking, I'm not making it, man. This isn't happening. Like I'm doing that where uh, you're, you're sticking your head out the window trying to stay awake. I said, I need some kind of supplement to keep me going. And it was the first time that I'd ever experienced a five hour energy. And I stopped over at the gas station and picked one up. And like, I don't feel this every time I have one now. It's been a while, but like, I felt it just go into my veins. And all of a sudden I was like, let's go, right? It was something that wasn't there, but then was placed in there. And when the Holy Spirit of God comes into your life at the moment of salvation and he indwells you permanently, he changes your desires and gives you the energy and desire to follow Christ. So now we work in tandem with God. We work together, cooperate with God to grow in Christ. So I have here, anybody know what the kind of bike this is? It's a tandem bike. Jeez, you guys are really smart. Well done. So I'm going to just kind of illustrate this a little bit for us. So a tandem bike 
it's uh, got two different people that ride on this. You work in tandem together. The first one is uh, called the captain. Now, the captain sits up front. He has all the control. He directs the direction of everything, the pace. Everything that goes on is directed by the captain. The person that sits in the back is the stoker. That's me right now. I have no control over where I'm going. I have no, sometimes I can't even see where I'm going. I put my total trust in the captain. But I still have responsibility because I'm still required to pedal. Now, it's not always easy right at first when you're trying to learn how to ride a tandem bike. Just as like when you come to a relationship with God and it doesn't just naturally your life, like it's a prog- progressive time. It takes time to grow in him. Uh, I remember the first time I got on a bike, it was at Mackinac Island in northern Michigan. Have you ever been to Mackinac Island? Anybody out there? A couple of you. So Mackinac Island, there's no, no cars, no motor vehicles allowed. So the only thing on the island is horses and bikes. And you can rent bikes if you want to get around the island. And my brother and I thought this would be a great idea to rent a tandem bike together. Figured it would be the easiest thing in the world. Well, it's not. Because you have to actually work together to make it happen. So if you try to get on this, though, without a captain, you're going to be headed for destruction. And you're going to crash. You can ride in the front, but you can't ride in the back by yourself. So my brother was the captain. I'm going to let you in on a little something because we're trying to get to know each other a little bit, okay? So Posley's, that's my last name, we have like this weird back fat thing, like where our butt should be. It's not, and it's like up on our back, which makes it really, really interesting when you're riding behind somebody that's built just like you. Because like the whole time my knees are like hitting them in the sides and it's like bloop, 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 bloop. And it's like, it's like this hilarious like trying to cooperate and work together on this and really weird all at the same time. And so, uh, but if you're not doing your part in the back, the person in the front totally knows it. You're not fooling them. My brother's riding with me and he's like so frustrated and upset. And he's like, are you pedaling? And I was like, yeah, I'm totally pedaling, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm working it back here, right? He's like, no, you're not. You've stopped pedaling. See, because you're not going to progress. You're not going to get where you'd go if you don't do your part. So you're trusting the captain and you're also pedaling and you're doing your part. Now, sometimes when you're riding in tandem, you're going downhill and everything's going great. And oftentimes in your relationship with God, that's how things are. Like, things are going awesome. You're riding along, and like you're putting your legs out, and you're just like loving the ride, and you're growing in him. And then there's moments where you're riding along with God, and you're just kind of riding on a flat line, right? You've been there in your relationship with God. It's a little boring. Uh, you can kind of get distracted. It's during these times that I think Sin easily creeps in on us because instead of using these flatline times to build disciplines in Christ, to grow in him, to talk with him during these times, oftentimes we just let sin creep in because we're bored and we're not on guard. But God gives us these times, these flatline times, to grow in relationship with him. And sometimes during these times, God feels distant because I'm like, I don't feel like I'm growing. But if you just keep pedaling, and having a relationship and talking with him, this can be a great time of your life when it's all, not all that exciting, but you can grow in your relationship with Christ. Now, some of you are in that point right now where you're just like, man, this is the greatest time of my life. I'm going down a hill and I'm loving it. Others of you are just kind of slug, slugging along, flatlining. Don't miss out on this opportunity in the middle. Build your relationship with Christ. Talk with him. Let him speak to you in his word. Be in community together and get to know him. And yet there's others of you that are going up the hill right now, and it hurts. 
and you're struggling. Being bullied at school. Parents are going through a divorce. Things aren't working out the way you planned. You get to the college you wanted to go to. Things are hard, difficult. And it's in this moment that Jesus is saying, I'm directing you. You can trust me. I'm taking you where I want you to go. You just keep pedaling. You hang in there. You keep growing with me. And I got to tell you guys, the last year and a half have been the hardest year and a half of my life. I'm not exaggerating. It's been terrible. And Jesus is saying, you just keep pedaling. You keep growing. You keep trusting. You keep pressing in. Where I'm taking you is on purpose, even though you can't see it. I'm holding you, and I'm going with you. You just keep growing. You keep pedaling and keep growing in your relationship with me. Because here's the deal. If you're in a relationship with Christ, you've got a captain that cares for you so much. It's not your older brother that you don't get along with. It's Jesus himself. And he sometimes is going to take you places that you don't want to go. That hurt, that struggle. But it's for your good. It's for our joy when he takes us there. And we can trust him. And we can draw near to him during those times. And here's what's so good about it. Paul says... He gives us the energy and to grow because he works in us both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You know what that means? Jesus loves to be in a relationship with you. He loves to see you grow. You know, when I think about my own kids, watch them learn how to ride a bike. What am I doing while I'm helping them? I'm instructing them and I'm encouraging them, right? And do they fall over all the time when they're just getting going? Oh, you bet. And what did I do in that moment when they fall over? You idiots. What are you doing? Didn't you learn to listen to anything that I said? No, I'm not doing that. So I'm their dad. I'm encouraging them. I'm helping them. Sure, I'm telling them what they're doing wrong. But listen, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. He loves it when you take steps in your growth with him. He's patient with you when you doubt And he encourages you all along the way and shows you areas that you need to repent of to become more like Jesus. So this is what God is is calling you to, to come along for the ride with him. He's done everything in this relationship for you to have a relationship with him. It costs you nothing but cost him everything. So you could be in a relationship with him, with the God of the universe that we sung about, all creatures of our God and King, the one that Paul talks about right before this, that Jesus, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to. You could have a real, thriving, growing relationship with that God. Isn't that amazing? Is Jesus your captain? Or are you just trying to navigate this life on your own? If you are, you're headed for destruction Won't you trust him? Let him be your captain. He's moved heaven and earth and gave up his life to do so. Believe him. It's not always going to be easy, but he is going to be with you. Oh, man. So I want you to think about as you go from here, what stage of my life am I in right now? Am I going downhill and everything's awesome? Well, don't get prideful. Thank God for that. Rejoice in it. And look and say, what can I keep doing to get to know Christ during this time? 
Are you flatlining? Is it kind of a lull right now? Things are a little bored. You're sick of COVID, all these other things that are happening. Don't waste that time. Grow in Christ, draw near to him. Live in community with each other. Are you going uphill right now and things are hard? It's difficult. Every step hurts. Care for you. Jesus cares for you. Keep going. In the power of the Holy Spirit, keep working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't take it lightly. With fear and trembling, that's what he's saying. With an awe. Man, I'm working out my salvation before a holy God who has given his life for me. And maybe if you're in that flatline stage and you've let sin creep in, there's something you need to repent of that's hindering your relationship with God. That's hindering your growth. Would you think about that and confess that to him and keep going? Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that you have entered into our time and space. We were created for a relationship with you, but we rebelled, we sinned. And our relationship, when we're born sinners, we're not in a relationship with you. And without you, we have no hope of going forward. But thanks be to God. Thank you that he sent his son, Jesus, at the perfect time, the fullness of time, to enter into our time and space and to save us. Not to save us so that we can have our greatest desires fulfilled that we want in this life, but to have our best desire fulfilled, and that is to be in relationship with you. So I pray for the one that doesn't know you this morning that they would see what you're offering and they would trust you as their captain. See that they're headed for destruction without you. And I pray for the one that has trusted you. God, I pray that as you change their desires and you give them the energy to grow, that they would love their relationship with you and press in and lean into the Holy Spirit. Read your word. Confess sin to, an, to you and to each other so they can grow more into your likeness. In Jesus' name I ask, amen.